Happy Labor Day! I hope everybody is gonna have a great day off, um, a great day cele celebrating Labor Day, and we have a whole bunch of sports going on today. It's Monday, the start of a new week, so I'm thrilled to get to work today. Pops, anything to say? Well, I'm eating my morning cereal. <laughs> Well, I well I do this podcast with you early, early, early in the morning, Tati, and your dedication second to none. What's Labor Day mean to you? Well, Labor Day we celebrate like our freedom and the people that have helped us throughout this journey of everything, and yeah. so I'm very appreciative of it. Okay. And I'm excited that we also get the day off. Well, it's not really day off for us. We're still putting in our basketball work, right, Pops? Yeah. So for me, Labor Day, just like what you just said, you know, we appreciate all our veterans. Uh, without them, this we're not even here. Um, and then also, Labor Day is kind of known as pretty much the last weekend of summer. Yeah. Um, combined with sports and barbecue. Barbecue. That's what, <laughs> that's what Labor Day means to me. Pops loves barbecue. His barbecue food is so good, right? Okay, so... Obviously, we appreciate every, all of our veterans helping us get to where we are now, our freedom. So, happy Labor Day again to everybody. So, we're going to start up episode 33 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. So, we're going to review the WNBA games from yesterday. And I'm excited. It's Monday towards the end of our WNBA wrap-up. We'll get to do our power rankings, Pops. All right, let's get to work. Okay. So yesterday in the WNBA, we had the Dallas Wings versus the Washington Mystics. And the, that game ended up going into overtime, and the Wings won 101-94. to What's crazy is the last time these two teams played before that, it went to overtime, and the Wings won 101-92. to So it was like basically the same game. Um, I know Arike, she hit a, a, an incredible game I don't want to say game winner, but like a game winner to go to overtime. So that was an amazing shot. Credit to her. That was awesome. She ended up scoring 39 points in that game. Yes, she did. Almost threw up my cereal, too. <laughs> I love the wings. Bittersweet game because, first off, short-term-wise, um, I did like the Mystics. Um, I'm surprised they Mystics, considering... Dallas had to go full court there. I was kind of a little surprised they didn't foul right. um, or have maybe double Arike uh, yeah, before half have. court to just mess up the rhythm. Um, I thought that was a poor execution on Washington's part, and that's that's a big deal because they need every win they can to try to sneak into the playoffs. So I think they're they're in big time trouble. Um, but at the same time, long term wise, I'm really happy for Dallas because you know I can argue I've been one of their their big, biggest fans all season long. And yeah, you have. For those of you that listened to our first episode, our season preview, Dallas was our play on team. And, and we told you guys whether it was a season win total, either five and a half or six wins. Obviously, that was their seventh win. So Correct. anyone that followed along there is definitely a, a winner there. And that was, a, that was our favorite season win total um, uh, of them all. So we're happy to catch that. So happy for Dallas. Correct. And then the next game was kind of disappointing, honestly. We had the Seattle Storm against the Minnesota Lynx. The Storm won 103-88. to I don't think anybody was expecting that big of a blowout. 
I'm not too sure what happened to the Lynx. I know Natasha Howard had 19 points, and Demiris Dantas had 22 points and 9 boards, so she was their leading scorer. Um, I think we were shocked when we saw that final score. Yeah, so I'll correct you, because I actually think a lot of people expected Seattle to beat Minnesota. I just think we were surprised. You know That's what I mean? That's true, but I don't think anybody expected to be that big of a blowout, right? Well, I mean, they were favored by seven and a half, eight points, so they won by 15. But I'll tell you what, the second half for the Storm, they definitely showed how great they are. They really pulled away from Minnesota big time. And that final score, actually, Seattle was up by more than that. So, um, yeah, you know, we had a play on Minnesota, and clearly we're here today to talk about how that didn't work out so well. Um, and I think that's full, important for full transparency. Uh, we don't get everything right. No one does. Uh, but we bounce back. We're back here doing our thing today, passing along some information. Um, and us talking about liking the links yesterday, that was a classic example of everything was going right with that selection <laughs> until the game started. <laughs> I love it when Bob says it. That's hilarious. Okay, and then the last game of the day, we had the Los Angeles Sparks against the Chicago Sky. The Sparks won 86-80. to Cheyenne Parker had 24 points and 10 rebounds. I saw in the first, like, uh, she scored the first five points for the Sky. I'm not too sure. I was, like, watching, like, the first minute or two. Not sure what she did after that, but I know she scored, like, the first five minutes, uh, five points of the game. So that was pretty impressive. And then the other Parker, Candace Parker, on the Sparks side, she scored 24 points and grabbed 15 boards. So that was a big battle right there of the C. Parkers. <laughs> C. Parkers it is. I actually think it's uh, very telling. So props to the Sparks. You know, they got off to a slow start. Chicago was up early in that yes. game. Um, and then the Sparks turned it on, uh, specifically late second quarter into the second half, did their thing. And stop me if this doesn't sound familiar from exactly the previous game with Seattle, right? Uh, we just got done talking about how Seattle especially blew that game open against Minnesota in the second half, okay? Now we're talking about what the Sparks did kind of in the second half. If you listened to yesterday's podcast, you'd have heard me saying that uh, I was expecting a poor performance from Seattle just from the emotional win over L.A. in their previous game. What yeah. I'm trying to say is clearly Seattle and L.A. are getting into playoff mode um, and, and really playing some pretty good basketball, along with the team that we're going to talk about pretty soon in today's matchup. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is as the season wears on, <laughs> even though we're in a pandemic, even though we're in the bubble slash wobble, Whatever we're talking about, at the end of the day, the cream usually rises to the top. Definitely, Pops. So, some decently played games yesterday. I know that we are, yeah, I mean, great games yesterday. So, let's move on to the one game happening today. Um, so, we have the Connecticut Sun, who are 9-10, and 10, against the Phoenix Mercury, who are 12-7. and 7. So, I, they, these two teams haven't played each other yet. I know that after this game, they'll pl be playing each other again in their next game. So, it's going to be kind of interesting, in my opinion. And we have some rivalry matchups right here. 
So you have Dewana Bonner, who is on the Mercury and just got traded this season to the Sun. So that's the biggest matchup. And you also have Brianne January, which she is questionable today, which I'm pretty sure she will play. But she's going against her former team as well. So definitely a thrilling game. Um, yeah, I would agree with everything you said. The line as we're doing this podcast early in the morning um, is not out yet. I do think, well, I know Phoenix is going to be the favorite. I'm expecting a line, I think most people would expect a line around five and a half or six. Um, I'm, I'm personally thinking it's going to be a little bit lower than that. Mercury have been playing really well. I believe they have the longest win streak in the WNBA right now. Uh, I believe it's at seven. Um, but Connecticut's been real, real uh, underrated, like under the radar type of almost. team. And I think this is going to end up being like a ginormous game for the Sun. So I'm actually going to. So I think the Mercury are going to be favored, like probably between three and four. So I'll just say three and a half points, total wise, um, probably around 165 points as well as 165 and a half maybe uh with that said you know anyone here from Brittany griner yeah right i know the mercury would welcome her back with open arms definitely that's what they'd say to everyone in the media and to everybody but do you really think that they would take they want Brittany back with the way that they're playing i don't think so they're playing pretty well right now didn't we talk about this before they went on their seven game win streak yeah we did pops um thought he was gonna frustrate a bunch of people and saying how losing Brittany griner was gonna help them and i told i think a ton of people who are listening to this disagreed a ton but i'm actually a little disappointed that no one has reached out to me (laughs) with regards to that i mean that's kind of a controversial thing, but I right? feel like we're being proved right. Um, and sometimes that's hard to admit, but it is what it is. Um, Dewana Bonner, obviously, this is going to be the the big revenge game here, or just you know the game circled on the calendar. This game, I think, has an added element of heat to it because yes. of the fact that this was one of the games that was postponed due to the protests that the WNBA did. So... Like, Dewana Bonner was super excited, no doubt, fired up for this game, probably talked to her teammates about it, um, you know, and then all of a sudden it was postponed. And so now you add another 9, 10 days to whatever feelings might be had already for this. Even more frustration. <laughs> right? And so, you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith playing really well. Yeah, you know, she is playing really well right now. And in DraftKings, she's only 8,800 today. She was one of my people that was I was definitely going to take. Um, so I know in the DraftKings world, they only have the sh- showdown captain mode today. So they don't have the like classic regular ones. So I personally like doing showdowns more because it just makes it more exciting when you have somebody in the captain spot. So I, from the Mercury, if I were to take somebody in the captain, I'd be taking Skylar Diggins-Smith at 8,800. Um, she has been playing extremely well. Her stats are very high right now. So I like her. Diana Taurasi, she's been going off. She's 10,000 in DraftKings today. And as I'm speaking, I have like stats from everything. Points per game, rebounds, assists, field goal percentages, steals, blocks, and she's like in the top 20 in each and every category. So that's pretty impressive on her part. 
from the Connecticut Sun. I know that Dewana Bonner, she's only 9,800, so I'd be taking her as well. Um, personally, I think that's kind of low for her. I know she'll be bringing a ton of heat. She'll be really fired up to play. The only thing is, when she usually when she's fired up to play, in the first couple minutes, she usually gets around two fouls. Pops, do you think she'll be able to keep her emotions in check this game? I don't know. She's one of those players that it could go either way. Yes. And I think the more emotional she is to me, honestly, the, the, the more it hurts her. Um, and with that said, who, besides Dewana Bonner herself, who knows Bonner better than the coaching staff of the Mercury? Exactly. Combined with Diana Taurasi, the GOAT. And you don't become the GOAT. I know I've been a little bit hard on her on this podcast. <laughs> but she's been playing really well lately. She found the fountain of youth, I guess. But you don't become the GOAT without being ultra competitive. And so exactly. you know she wants to show out for this game. So And Diana Taurasi, with how smart she is, she already knows just about how she plays. Right? Because Dewana Bonner can't really change how she plays within four to five months. So... I feel like it's going to be an emotional game for Dewana Bonner. I feel like she will be doing something, but I'm afraid it'll be a little bit too much for her. Okay, I expect her maybe to look a little bit more like Russell Westbrook um, oh my today, gosh. kind of running around. <laughs> but, uh, we'll speak is on the him sun, in a little bit. <laughs> is the sun healthy? Because I know that there was uh, the last time I was going to take the sun, pretty sure they had a... Yeah, Jasmine uh, Thomas. Yeah, she I think is, even. What about Alyssa Thomas? Did she even play? Alyssa Thomas, I yeah, she played. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was she was a little bit hurt. Um, I also know that Brienne January is questionable. J- Jasmine Thomas is probable, and Alyssa Thomas is just a little bit banged up. You know, speaking of one who has been playing well, Brianna Jones. She's been a little bit more of a shocking type of player, a step up. She's seven thousand eight hundred in DraftKings today uh, she's second in the whole WNBA she's second in field goal percentage so that's impressive as well I think that she's almost like a sleeper type of player and she does her stuff she's kind of like a quieter you know what I mean pops like under the radar yeah yeah I can, almost I hear underrated you. but at seven eight that's that's kind of above average yeah so it's it's an interesting pick. So you're I saying that I'd not too many people want to pay seven eight yeah. for Brianna Jones. Yeah. Exactly. Probably because at one point Brianna Jones was in the mid to high fours. Yeah, she was. That's what that was at the beginning of the season. So whoever took her at the beginning is pretty happy right now. <laughs> That's correct. Well, that wraps up the W oh wait no, it does not. Pops, we have the power rankings. As I get to that right now, do you have anything else to speak on the WNBA? No, I just try to figure out where all your energy is coming from to this morning. <laughs> right? It's because it's Labor Day. Okay, I'm pulling them up right now. So I also think that when it comes to the Connecticut Sun, they. I think that their rookie, Beatrice Mom Premier. She, she's 4,800 in DraftKings today, and I think she's been a little bit of a shock as well. You know what? The power rankings aren't up yet, Pops. 
partly because it's so early in the morning because it's a holiday too it might not be out till tomorrow oh man well we'll get those to you guys as soon as we can okay so let's switch uh forces here i know you're going to move to the nba here in a moment there's a big college football game tonight uh, yeah and i know we mentioned the other day that it's the start of the college football season definitely a a different type of field just because of um there's not really very many big name big programs so far that have played uh, but that changes a little bit today today you got navy against and byu uh, oh. both of those teams are usually fringe top 25 teams um and so this is to me this is the biggest college football game yet it's got the prime time game on monday night so it's like monday night football uh, it should be a smash mouth type of game uh both teams are kind of like old school where they like to run the ball a lot and uh, they win with their defense uh both incredibly incredibly uh huge backings for both programs i mean we're talking about it's labor day and then you're having one of the service academies play at home and then you have byu that has a strong backing uh religious school but they have you know they have a network of fans and alumni everywhere and they're very passionate um we happen to know a few and then yeah we do. and good people and so great families and so byu while they're traveling you know navy has their vaunted triple option um but just know that usually when it's the you always want to play a surface academy team when it's either the first game of the year or off a of bye week so in other words you have extra time to prepare it's different mimicking triple option in practice and so in this case byu's had essentially months to prepare for navy's offense also when you play byu typically you are playing even though they might be sophomores and perhaps juniors sometimes yeah sophomores juniors they're typically two to two and a half years older than your typical sophomores or juniors and so that's really? just due to them you know they have to go on their missions and they're gone for a couple of years then they come back and then they go to school and so from a maturity level BYU is usually is is usually much older than what their grade says and so that helps you know strength and everything else so this is going to be a world class game like I'm actually really fired up for it if you I mean, like who isn't defense fired up to watch football? right if you like defense and you like hard hits you don't see a whole lot of that. You certainly haven't seen that in the bubble. They're not playing defense in the, in the bubble. <laughs> yes. Or the bubble, for that matter. Check out tonight, uh, you know, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, Navy and BYU. Should be a really good game. It goes all the way down to the wire. Speaking of football, isn't that coming up this week? You know, it is. And it's weird because, you know, there's not really any preseason games. But, man, there's you want to tell the people listening what it was like when your mom saw the commercial for the Chiefs last night? About how they're oh playing my gosh, Thursday? because the commercials for the NFL are always pretty hilarious, but there was one of Patrick Mahomes, which by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs are my mom's favorite team. And have been for about 20 years. Yeah, Let me, so she's, just not, put that on, out she's not on the bandwagon of any sorts. And so she was so happy to finally see them win a Super Bowl because she's, she's got, like, Chiefs jerseys, Chiefs shirts, like, everywhere in the house. So, I mean, she was super excited. She was laughing. She's fired up to see the Chiefs play. So I just wanted to speak on that because I know football is really big right now. That's true. Next up. We're going to NBA? Yes, we are. 
So we are going to the NBA, starting off with yesterday's games. First off, we had the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami Heat. So the Bucks ended up winning 118 to 115. I know that Pops and I, we watched the whole fourth quarter and when we heard that the... <laughs> Hold on, we gotta stop the presses. Oh okay? my God. <laughs> because we'll get right back to what Tati's talking about, but we, we, we had to bring in Jennifer, Jennifer's mom. We had to bring in Tati's mom, okay? <laughs> my beautiful wife, Jennifer, because somehow the Kansas City Chiefs were brought up. And we were talking about when you saw the commercial last night for Chiefs football on Thursday night. And Tati was talking about how the NFL is coming back. And so we were, Tati was making fun of you. About Tatiana. How, I was not. Do you want to recap or do you want to say anything about your Chiefs coming into this year or just how excited you were when they won the Super Bowl? Any thoughts on your Chiefs, Mom? I mean, it's the most amazing year of all time for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and guess what? We're coming back strong again, Tatiana. <laughs> Don't make fun of my Chiefs. You've been watching them every year with me. Yeah, unfortunately. So, <laughs> you don't have a choice. So do we have to go through another pandemic just so your Chiefs can win the Super Bowl? Are we going to... Whatever, they win it, again, takes. <laughs> Whatever what, it takes. Whatever it takes. So that's how important the Chiefs are to you? Yes. You're saying how you weren't jumping on the bandwagon, how you've been a fan of them for like... Forever? For 20 years, at so there least. There you go. I told you. <laughs> it's been a long time. Tati, we, we deserve that win. <laughs> Tati, do you remember 20 years ago? No, I wasn't even born. And not mom. only is mom here, but usually her sidekick is always right next to her, and that's named Liv Legend. Liv Legend! Liv, do you remember? Thanks for making an appearance. I know you're super important. Do you remember where you were when you, mom's Chiefs won the Super Bowl this last this last season? Putting, putting Liv right on the spot. She just woke up, so. <laughs> Keep on. Um, you remember that party you were at? I remember the party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember. Well, do you want to tell the listeners or do you want to just look yeah, at me? Yeah, so it was like this big party just for Chiefs fans. Um, it wasn't for any other um, fans. It, it's only Chiefs. So only the people that are rooting for the Chiefs can go in there. And it was like this, this, um, this big like party basically. Um, it had like music going. Um, you had like ping pong um, and all that, and it was really so fun. It, Chiefs it, Kingdom party. It was a Chiefs Kingdom party, and essentially what it was was it was Tatiana and well, maybe not Tati. Certainly, Live Legends' first tailgate party. So it was outdoors. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, it's crazy to look back, right? Because. We, we didn't, there was, no, it's not like there was uh, this breaking pandemic news, even though no. COVID was running rampant by that point. At the end <laughs> of the day, you know, um, it, we're lucky that we were outdoors, honestly. Right? But it was a lot of fun and um, met of a lot of people that were. Um, but just because the, the Chiefs won didn't mean the world had to come to an end. <laughs> That's true. But what, you, but what you did get done saying was. If that's what it took for the Chiefs to win again this next year, then you're willing to go through it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Mom. you call. That's what you call a hard ch- fan. Yeah. Literally, emphasis on the die part. <laughs> Thanks for joining in, Mom and Liv Legend. Okay, now I'm gonna resume my NBA talk. Cause back to regular. Yes, because the whole schedule. the whole fam interrupted me. All we're missing. <laughs> all we're missing. 
<laughs> Liv. All we're missing is Lily buckets, buckets and then whoever's left that was. I don't know. That's different. I know, right? I couldn't tell who that was. Okay, so as I was speaking on the Bucks Heat game, the Bucks won one eighteen to one fifteen. Pops was a huge fan of the Heat in this game. No, absolutely <laughs> no, not. No, he was the he was the lowest fan. That's what you call. That's the first time in the postseason that I've seen the Heat choke, and they did choke. The, and the Heat typically move the ball around a lot, move it, pass it, play team of, basketball, all and all of a sudden, one on one. Oh yeah, exactly, Tati. I keep interrupting you because yes, I'm frustrated. You do. You know, shame on the Heat. You know, I don't know why Spolster doesn't call a timeout and be like, come on, guys, let's go with what got us here. All Are you sudden- sure this game wasn't on NBC? <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, so. So, the but- so Giannis got hurt in- early in the game. He, like, rolled his ankle and he didn't um, come back. So, we for sure thought the Heat were going to pull that off by then because, I mean, yeah, the Bucks are a good team, but without Giannis, they're not that superstar team. And the Bucks came out with a huge surprise. Well, I don't want to say huge, but the Bucks came out with a surprise. No, I don't think we, the, our family, was expecting the Bucks to play like that when they lost Giannis. Obviously, the Heat's defense was awful. They kept on taking like these weird shots, especially Jimmy Butler. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of Jimmy Butler, but a couple of those shots towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter were like forced shots. One of them being like those floaters and who was it was it brooke lopez that shot that like two-pointer fall away okay i got so frustrated when they called that a foul and when they reviewed it brooke lopez didn't even get touched he was falling away from the basket so he that he could even get a shot off and who was it bam out of bio guarding him bam out of bio had a hand in his face he just stood there and there was no foul whatsoever he didn't even touch him and they reviewed it and still called it a foul. So I was pretty frustrated with that. Technically, there was contact there. Like a finger prick. No. Brooke Lopez's leg that he kicked out actually made contact with Bam Adebayo's leg. So Which, there was contact, but it was a, it was Brooke Lopez to Bam Adebayo. So that gives my blood boiling. Like talking about yeah. that play, I hate. So that. that's 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 interesting. Um, it's no different. I mean, honestly, I feel like the the Oklahoma City Thunder that makes them think about them a few days ago with yes. the game seven against the Rockets. So, you know, they don't play defense anymore. You know, and so, no wonder because it's you touch someone and or not touch them, and you know, I feel like it's James Harden two point <laughs> seven. So yeah, right. Um, but again, I got to make sure everyone understands. We know that the Bucks are a great team. Yes, they are. Okay, but the Heat have just been a little bit better than great until this last second, this last <laughs> half. So I always think that if you have a chance to go for the sweep, and I know the Heat tried, but I think the easiest game and the most likely game to win is when you are going for the sweep. Exactly. So the Bucks, in losing your superstar player... If the Bucks would have known that they were going to be out without Giannis before the game, then at least that gives them time to prepare. That wasn't the case. He went out during the game, so that's ever fluid. Then you combine the fact that they were facing elimination and they were down three games to none. That's like almost insurmountable, and they pulled it off. So amazing job by the Bucks. Uh, yeah, we'll I... see what the medical staff can do now with Giannis if they can get him back out there with relative efficiency and health. Um, I don't know, um, 
but I guess we'll find out. So I'm not too sure what other people thought when um, Giannis went down what the Bucks were going to do. I know that our family thought that they didn't have, they didn't really have a big chance of winning the game. And after the game, I compared them to the Tornado Rappers because everybody was, because so, they won the 2019 Finals. The championship, and then they lost Kawhi, and everybody with went off of them. They didn't think that they weren't gonna they were gonna do any good just because they lost their star player. But look at them; they they're like far. They're going against the Celtics in the semifinals. So I mean, I compared them to that because I don't know. We call them like it's not really about the superstars anymore in the NBA. It's about like the, um how they shoot the ball, how they can attack the basket. Um, so that was definitely definitely different. Okay, so enough talk on the Bucks Heat game. Now we move on to the Los Angeles Lakers against the Houston Rockets. The Lakers won 117 to 109. What a sloppy game that was. Especially in the beginning. Uh, the first half of the first quarter was about as bad as it gets. Um, Literally. But hey, it's 1-1. All of a sudden we were hard on the Lakers too, and even though that's our team, so you know it's we my team. We we just call it like we see it. Uh, I felt like I thought when Houston came back and they took that lead eighty-five to eighty in the in the third quarter, I thought that might have been a two-nothing lead for Houston. But credit LA. I actually think Rajon Rondo actually helped the Lakers too. Kyle Kuzma played well. Okay, Mr. Morris, he played well. Man, he sure did. So surprisingly, I'm going to say this, and this might be the, one of the first times all season. I think the Lakers bench won this game for him. Um, so 1-1. I think it's anybody's series. We'll see if the Lakers keep turning on and off the switch. Because if so, then they'll lose game three. Then they'll win game four. And then we'll end up in game seven in a, about a week from now. So <laughs> we'll see. I think whoever wins game three wins the series. Okay. Well, as you were speaking on Morris, man, he had four threes in four minutes, or even three and a half minutes. Yeah. That was very impressive. Um, at the end of the first quarter, there was like five straight made threes to finish off the quarter. So that was very impressive from both teams as well. Um, I feel like Anthony Davis played very well. He kept on gobbling up those boards, as Pops would say, gobble, gobble. <laughs> Um, and then Russell Westbrook, we thought he would, he had a, he had some anger. He was going, he missed like his first three shots. So he was getting all of his attempts. He was getting his drives to the basket. Um, we just thought he'd be making a couple more shots than he did. Well, I'll tell you what, his shot looks broken right now. Break? He, like drink <clears throat> You didn't see it, Tati, but he actually, I did not. he did airball a three-pointer. Oh God! Um, and and I it, saw it, it, like two leaves in it a barely hit the the net too. So um, I don't even want to know, honestly. <laughs> but I love his enthusiasm for the game. He's ultra competitive. Definitely. Between him and PJ Tucker, you know that you're in for a fight with the Rockets. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get in a matchup with that. Jeez. Okay, moving on to today's NBA games. The first game we have. The Boston Celtics against the Tornado Rappers. The series is tied 2-2. Two to two. Pops? <laughs> I go back and forth. I, I really, I, I wish these teams could meet in the Eastern Conference Finals instead of the Eastern Semis. Right? Um, 
I'd like to say whoever wins this series is going to come out of the East, but man, they're banging up on each other so much. I don't know. Uh, credit credit the Rappers, as you call them, for winning the last two Rappers. games. Uh, an enemy that that shot he hit in Game Three to win. Woo! That's looking a lot like Kawhi Leonard's three pointer in the uh, right Philly. short corner corner that's still bouncing up in the air if you're in Philly. Um, <laughs> So I don't know, maybe, you know, when that shot went down for Kawhi, a lot of people thought, hey, you know, Toronto's a team of destiny. Who's to say it's this, you know, obviously it's not a game seven, but, you know, that was a big, big shot and they had to have it. So, um, but that said, I think it's awfully hard to beat a Brad Stevens coach team three consecutive times. So because of my love of Brad Stevens, and you know what, I almost love Nick Nurse too. I know, But my love of Brad Stevens, um, I like the Celtics to, to win today. Okay, well, I lean more towards the Celtics side as well. I know a couple people were jumping on to Kemba, Kemba Walker. He's been a little bit underrated in this series. All these talks are about like Jason Tatum, which he's been playing very well. Um, and as I call him, Daniel Thesis, <laughs> Daniel Thice, and um, he Kemba's actually been playing pretty well. I know on Inside the NBA with like Shaq, Charles Barkley. They've been on him a little bit as well. From Tornado, as I call him, Kyle Lowry, he stepped up. He's that defensive player. I mean, in my opinion, he should be defensive player of the year. He's like the only one that plays defense in the NBA, um, taking all those charges and everything. He's fearless. So I think that this is a very good series. I think that it'll it's hard to win three straight games against a very good team and – I don't know. I feel like Boston will be frustrated. Unfortunately, I'm in an I'm in an agreement with you, Pops. I think I like Boston in this game. All right. Next up, Clippers Nuggets. Series tied one one. Tale of two different games. Obviously, game one, uh, the Clippers were able to route Denver. Denver was pretty exhausted. Game two, well, quite honestly, it's like the De- opposite way around. <laughs> Denver routed the Clippers. So I'm not too sure about this series actually. I can see that. Um, well, I mean, it's like it's weird. <laughs> I, I mean, I expect the Clippers to step up, right? I mean, you you don't think they'd want to go down two one? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think that Denver's afraid of the Clippers. I don't Definitely think they're intimidated not. by the Clippers, and I think a lot of times that's half the battle. So I actually I actually lean towards Denver, not necessarily to win the game, but I do think this game is probably a two possession game. You know, and so with that said, I lean towards the Denver side. Okay, well, I'm gonna go with the Clippers. I think that they're just too strong of a program. I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm leaning towards the Clippers side today. How banged up is Jokic? You know what? I'm not too sure. I, I haven't done up. any research on Jokic specifically, but I know that he's got to be tired from those 24 points in the first quarter, uh, first half. Well, now it's been noticed. I think he's dealing with a, a wrist, uh, some sort of shooting situation, which it might be part of the reason why he had 24 points in the first half in the last game, and then he ended up two. with a total of 26. So he only had two in the second half. If he that makes is sense, hurt, then. if he is hurt, woo, you know Jamal Murray is going to have to go for 57 tonight, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, you know, the more I talk about it, <laughs> this, this should be the Clippers game. Yeah. Anything else you got, Tati? Well, I wanted to speak a little bit on tennis because... Tennis? What the heck's wrong with you? 
I know, right? So, I like to study all the different sports. I know at one point I was really into it. I started um, sp spending most of my time, again, on basketball. But tennis is always in my corner, so I want to speak on them a little bit because I know my favorite men's player, at least how I like to call him, is playing today, um, which is TFO <laughs> versus Medvedev. And Medvedev is ranked third in the world, right? That's third. He's top five, yeah. Um, so I know that they're in round four, and I really hope Tifo wins because I like watching him play because he's always got those like crazy shots and everything. He's, he's very athletic, very <laughs> athletic player, you know, and he's someone that had to battle COVID. He's back. Um, and it's weird because a lot of these sports stars and sports athletes, a lot of them have had COVID and they come back and they look exactly the same. I know. So that's kind of weird. Um, they almost lose more weight, actually. And so in this matchup, and, hey, credit to you for talking about tennis. I think that's awesome. Um, after what happened yesterday with Novak Djokovic. Oh, my. <laughs> Medvedev is one of, is arguably the the guy that is is should he should be one of the top two guys that's remaining that thinks that this should be their tournament to lose. Um, and so he's going to have a little bit of extra pressure on him. Well, I hope it's TFO. You know? um, and, and so I'm interested. This should be a well-played match. Uh, I think TFO is going to have to play the match of his life to beat Medvedev. But, you know, it is the U.S. Open. TFO's uh, a USA player. You know, it's Labor Day. He's, Never know. As I look, he's the only American male player left in the draw. So, who knows? You never know. Well, mm -hmm. I'm rooting for TFO. Okay. I know also another um, ranked matchup um, is in the men's side is Berrettini versus uh -huh. Rublev. Uh -huh. <laughs> I always think I'm saying Rublev wrong. Um, I think that's going to be a very close match as well because I know that both of them are top 10 players. Uh -huh. So that'll be a good matchup. On the woman's side, most of you guys know who Serena Williams is. So I know she's playing against Sakari. So I know both of them are in the top 15. Well, obviously Serena is like top five, but Sakari's in the top 15. So that'll be another good matchup. And also, in my opinion, the best matchup of the day um, is going to be Mertens versus Keenan. I remember both of them are extremely great players and they're very competitive. Yep, you're right, dude. Great preview, Tati. I'm a little bit lost for words. <laughs> I do know in that Kanan and uh, Mertens matchup that it's the primetime slot. It's the evening slot. That makes sense. And again, you got an American player. Uh, and she's very underrated. And she's flying under the radar. I believe she's the number two seed in this tournament. That's what but I have But even then, down. she's still underrated. And arguably, she's been the most impressive player in this tournament on the female side. And with primetime setting, USA player, Serena very well could lose that matchup. She lost in this, these two, that's a rematch of last week in which Serena did lose. Serena oh, really? has been in, inconsistent. Sakari is no joke. She's ultra competitive, kind of like a Russell Westbrook. I remember and Sakari. So She's great. Kanan, she, dude, Labor Day, all the stars are aligning. That is going to be, you, you're right, that's going to be a good match. Um, but I think the American's going to win. In the tennis matchup, I hear you keep on like mentioning Labor Day. What does that like help the players with in the tennis side? So like, it's how does patriotic. That help? It's patriotic. So uh, 
you know, you're proud of your heritage, you're proud of your flag. Um, and usually, usually on uh, military holidays, patriotic holidays, usually there's a little bit of extra oomph in the crowd. Now you're going to say, but there's no crowd. And you're right. But I know in just this tennis tournament, they were talking about it, the commentators yesterday. Credit John McEnroe. He's not afraid to call it like it is either. He was all over Djokovic, and I think he's 100% right. But in this case, he was saying how the players, they're having to talk a little bit extra to pump themselves up, to get them geared up. The players on the court, and you know, Tati, you go to a ton of different sporting events across a variety Definitely. of sports. They're human beings first and foremost and so even though there's not a crowd it's still a holiday for everyone else even the athletes and so they know just like when they know they're even though there's very few people in the stadium when that's that prime time slot at night and they walk through that tunnel they know it's a big match and so at the same time, they know it's all. They know that extra people are together with their families huddled around the TV watching. And so that's what I'm referring to. That makes sense. That's a great um, mentioning. Thank you. So I know I have nothing else to say when it comes to all the sports because there's just too many to think of. Um, anything else to wrap it up, Dad, Pops? Uh, it's the final round of the... PGA Tour, the Tour Championship. Someone will win the FedEx Cup today, which will include an extra $15 million. You know, if just you, extra. If you come in last place in this event, granted it's a short field of only 30, you will get an additional $395,000 for coming in 30th. That's extra in conjunction with already uh, with what you're already going to earn this week. So That's a lot of money. In the case of Dustin Johnson, you know, if he wins this event, you know, I'm pretty sure that's about a 1.8 million on top of the 15 million dollars, you know, for winning the FedEx Cup. So he could be jumping on his private jet late tonight with an extra darn near 17 million. Oh no, he'll probably end up like flying in four different jets. <laughs> probably, he's probably gonna have four different jets with four and four million dollars in each jet in case that jet crashes. I know, so, right? Pretty insane. And then uh, they will also, as soon as this event ends. The new PGA Tour season starts on Thursday at the Safeway Classic in Northern California. Um, and so it'll be the start of the next season. And speaking of golf, we want to give credit to our friend KK Limbasut, who is playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. He finished, uh, he, he finished in the top 10 this, yesterday on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, and so that's very impressive. Right, we got all our golf friends. <laughs> there you go. So... I hope you guys stay safe. Hope you guys, hope your drinks are going down smoothly along with <laughs> your, your burgers and hot dogs and whatever else you're grilling on that barbecue and hug your families. You know, we're, we're three-fourths of the way through this in crazy 2020 year. Oh, jeez. Um, so let's hope for better days ahead. Sports is really a strong way to help us push through all this. Thank you all for our listeners. We appreciate and value each and every one of you. Tati, the floor is yours. Okay. Well, I hope everybody has a great Labor Day, um, a great day off. I know start to a beginning of a week. So everybody, let's have an amazing week. I know our family definitely is. I know we got a ton of plans today, all our basketball training. So we're thrilled to start off our day again with our podcast.
So, thank you all again for tuning in to episode 33 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.